Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the podcasting couch. I am your host, Jay, aka the Bro Greasy. Bro Greasy, the program. Um, <laughs> this episode is a special one, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and it's special because I get to be joined by, That's it. that sounds weird, I get to be joined by? No, this episode is awesome because Squat University joins me in, you know what I mean? And it's fucking dope, you know what I'm saying? Like, I idolize this guy. Content creation, um, just like a well of information, too. Like, you know what I mean? Fucking smart guy. And, you know, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you'll see me repost his stuff in my story all the time. And it's information and knowledge that I personally believe and apply. So... Check him out, Squat University. He also has a book. Um, I'm going to link it down below. We talk about the book as well in the episode. It's called uh, The Squat Bible. Bible. I could never say that properly. Squat Bible. In my head, here's how it goes down. In my head, I keep thinking that I'm saying squat babble. Squat babble. Squat babble. Babble. The Squat Bible. I'm going to link that book down below. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm going to link it down below. It's a great read. Um, you know, if you guys are just, if you're an athlete that wants to take your game to the next level, read this book. If you're a coach, a trainer who wants to take your business to the next level, take your clients to the next level, read this book. If you're just an average Joe looking to look better, feel better, you know, read this fucking book because I'm telling you everything starts with movement. Okay. You know, mental health, everything starts with movement. Okay. I've said this enough times. If you move better, you're going to feel good about yourself and you're just going to end up doing way more things. All right. So do it for you and check out this book and, uh, yeah, man. Dr. Aaron Horshig, amazing guy. Um, don't mind me if I sound nervous during the fucking episode, okay? Do not fucking judge me. Uh, you know, this guy's way smarter than me. He put the charms on me and fuck, man. All right? <laughs> fuck. Anyway, it was a good episode nonetheless. And. He, he, we, you know, we put out some good information out there as well, and he shares a little bit of his knowledge with us. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah. Anyway, enough of this chatter. Enough. Here's some music, bro. All right. So I have a few things here. First of all, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, just got home from work and um, yeah, it Very feels cool, good. Yeah. Um, and uh, first of all, actually, I want to thank you for, you know, joining me because yeah, you're welcome. Man. I just started and you know, yeah. I see your podcast. You're like with uh, Eddie with uh, fuck, what's his name? Ed Cohen. Ed Cohen. Yeah. yeah. And with Barbell Ben too. Like, mm -hmm. that's crazy. You guys are you're with uh, big names. You know what I mean? So I feel honored to, you know. Hey, every, 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 everyone starts somewhere, man. I, I always say yes yeah. to every single podcast invite I can. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, like I've been following your, uh, your page for years. Like when I was a personal trainer, I, I would always it. recommend like your page, share your, share your posts all the time and just, Thank you. Thank you. you know, share the knowledge. Right. I appreciate it. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And, uh, it's cool. Like, you know, I took, um, Darby training systems here in Toronto mm. and, when I was reading your book, I, I would see like the tripod that you would always break down. Yeah. I've never heard of that except for mm -hmm. Darby talking about it. And I was like, Oh, that's so sick. Like, <laughs> I'm like going through your book. I'm like, I've learned this. This is, like, this is so cool. Yeah. Like this is stuff cool. that now it's like reassuring me that I know what I'm doing, you know, with yeah. my clients. Right. So it's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, yeah. Um, first of all, you know, for my listeners out there, I'm a terrible host. Um, I'm joined here with uh, Dr. Aaron Horshig. Yeah, if you guys know him, it's Squat University on Instagram. And uh, 
you know, I'm terrible with introductions, so <laughs> I'm going to let you <laughs> take over and uh, introduce yourself here. Yeah, for those of you out there that uh, don't know who I am, my name is Aaron Horshig. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, strength and conditioning coach, and just overall weightlifting nerd. Um, started the brand Squat University in 2015 as an extension of what I do as a physical therapist, helping athletes get out of pain and return to the sports they love. And I wanted to basically just reach out and help as many people as possible. Any single person that walks into a weight room um, has issues with lifting technique, aches and pains, whether it's knee pain, back pain, things like that. And we don't have a great resource to go to often. We're either talked down to from the medical society today and told, you know, don't lift so heavy, or we're given bad advice on lifting technique. So I wanted to, to create something that could help empower other people with the knowledge of, of how to lift well and how to get out of, of common aches and pains that we have throughout our life. So that is Squat University. That's awesome. And yeah, like I said, you know, being a personal trainer and coming from Darby training systems where we want to make people move better as mm -hmm. opposed to just, you know, your typical meathead personal trainer, yeah. you know, stereotype in the gym, right? Like I've always been more keen to helping people move better and essentially, you know, be able to get to a squat with no problem. Yeah. Because, I, uh, as, that's as what it's all about. Book too, yeah. Like, as you said in your book with athletes, they're, they're not good at squatting body weight. And You'd be surprised. I, I see yeah. it. <laughs> you know, I've seen it, man. Like it's it's crazy. Like I've seen, you know, basketball players training and they can't get to a bodyweight squat, but they're pretty elite athletes. Yeah. I mean yeah, it all it all comes down to the way in which we view this squat. You know, it's we've we've sort of conceptually rearranged the idea that a squat is, is an exercise and not a mm -hmm. movement first, you yeah. know, um, the squat is a fundamental movement as simple as being able to walk downstairs to, to hinging at your hips, to pick think, things off the ground. But often because we've only rearranged it conceptually in our mind to be an exercise first, we often lose sight of its importance. Every single person should have the ability to perform a full depth Body weight squat, no weight on, take your shoes off. You should be able to sit down into a deep looking squat and it should look pretty good. Um, but so often, yeah, we, we, we lose that ability. And when we do lose that ability, I think it sets us up for a lot of other issues. I mean, how many times do you hear of people um, tearing their ACL in non-contact? So no one touched them. They just landed weird in their mm -hmm. knee. You know, they tore their knee up. Um, yeah. Or, you know, someone eventually starts to develop arthritis in certain areas. Those are all linked to the way in which we move. So I'm not saying everyone has to be a power lifter or a weight oh, lifter, but every single person, I don't care if you're, you know, a 38 year old soccer mom, uh, a 78 yeah. year old grandma, you know, across the whole, the whole spectrum, someone that just wants to get in shape, being able to perform a good looking body weight squat, and then being able to show competency to have either a bar on your back or holding a dumbbell by your chest, you know, the ability to load that and look good with that, it bleeds over into so many other things throughout your life. We're not just talking about getting strong in the gym, We're talking about being strong in life. And you're yes. going to have better mind, body, spirit when you're able to move well and be free of injury. And I think sometimes we can all sort of focus that down to just the way in which we move. And the squat is one of those just fundamental building blocks that many people have lost. Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah. know what? I love the energy that you're that you always put out in your videos and even right now as you're speaking because you're so passionate and I get Definitely. the same way when I come when I talk about training, right? Because I feel like that's the difference between a personal trainer and a coach. Mm -hmm. A good coach analyzes all of that and a good trainer will make you sweat and make your heart beat really fast. Yeah. Right? Like when I was a trainer, I've come across, you know, athletes and old people and my favorite people to train are the old people, mm. the elderly, because, you know, they'll tell me things like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't feel pain getting out of bed or yep. I walked up the, the stairs of the gym and it felt good. I wasn't out of breath and yeah. I can sit down. No problem. I can get up without pushing off the ground or pushing off the couch. Nah. I'm like, that's that's awesome. That's right? And you're how old? You're like 60. It's <laughs> perfect. Yeah, this is probably, like I'm doing my job. This is my best client ever, right? Exactly. And that's to me, that's that's what it is. And I would always only train them with, you know, 
powerlifting movements like mm-hmm. squat and a deadlift, a hip hinge. Yeah. And those are movements that not a lot of people can really perform properly. Yeah. Well, it's the idea of it's performing the fundamentals well. Yes. You don't have to be fancy. You know, we're not saying every single person has to do clean and jerks and snatches and kettlebell snatches, but every single person, I don't care who you are and your background and what you want to do, you should be able to perform, you know, the basics of a squat, a deadlift. You don't have to be a record level power lifter to deadlift. But in doing so, it makes things like you said so much easier. You can pick yeah. laundry off the ground. You can take a box out of your garage and stick it onto a high shelf well and not have issues. And you know, when we're young, we don't really think about it like that. But the older you get, the more and more these things that should be basic a level you know, requirements, things that we should all be able to do, slowly they start dwindling away <clears throat> if we don't have sort of a fundamental baseline of quality strength and quality movement. So the idea is that if you can concentrate on squatting well and then add some load to it, you're not only going to get strong in the gym, stronger than you were yesterday, you're going to get stronger for life. And that's yep. what it's all about. I always tell people like, I'm going to be squatting a barbell when I'm 85 years old. Same here. I don't care if it's 225, 300 pounds or just the barbell, but the ability to show good quality movement, the older we get with load, so many things get so much better. Like I said, mind, body, spirit. You're going to be able to pick your kid off the ground, your grandkids off the ground, you know, throw them up in the air because you have that ability. You're not going to be, you know, pushed to be using a walker or a cane when you're older exactly. because you have the strength to walk up and down stairs and have the necessary balance. Baseline strength sets the foundation for so many things in life. And we often approach the gym as a way just to look better. You know, so many people, they just want to get more toned. And you know what? If you're here to be a bodybuilder, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a big difference between going to the gym for leg day and arm day and then going to the gym to have a squat, push, or pull day. Exactly. Because bodybuilders have arm days. Bodybuilders have back days. If you're not a bodybuilder, don't have that approach when training. Because just doing some bicep curls isn't going to help you move better outside of the gym. And that's our end goal for most people is to be able to move better and have that strength actually carry over to more than just looking good. And here's the deal is that when you approach your training well, move well and then move move big weight, it'll appear as if you've done some bodybuilding exactly because the form comes as a side effect, as a byproduct of the way in which you're training. But don't get it twisted. We're not focusing on doing quads today. We're squatting. And when we're squatting well, not only do we look good eventually, you're going to get those quads, but you're going to be moving well. You're going to be feeling better. You're going to have less knee pain and less back pain. Yep. And yeah, you said it. Like, it's a byproduct. Like, exactly. When my, I had a client who was who would always ask me, hey, when are we going to do arms? I was like, how much have your arms actually grown during yeah. the time that we've spent together? We've never done arms. Mm-hmm. It's actually, you know what? They've actually grown about an inch. I was like, okay, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. There you go. Your arms look good. You have more cuts in them. And all we've been doing was squatting, deadlifting, and bench pressing, push pressing, pulling, and not focusing on the glamour muscles. Exactly. It's like the kid that, you know, you're like, hey, you know, they they come to you and say, when are we doing core? When are we going to do abs? Yep. And I told him, well, we've already done front squats, Bulgarian split squats, and single leg deadlifts. (laughs) Exactly. We've talked about this is core. Any exercise done with intention, with good technique, with right, correct bracing, that's core. Yeah. You know, and they say, so we're doing sit-ups, right? No, we've already done your <laughs> core. We don't need to do more core. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, people would think, people associate core with abs, a six-pack. Oh, yeah. But then Definitely. you'll see a lot of people with six-packs who don't have a good, solid core. I've seen many people yeah. who have a six-pack ripped abs yet show horrible core stability when it comes down to it because that's the, the idea is that strength equals stability yeah. or muscle aesthetics equals stability, and that's not the case. Yeah, strength the is your ability. Yeah, strength is your ability <laughs> to produce force, right? <laughs> if, if you can do a sit-up, you can produce force out of your rectus abdominis, your six-pack muscle. Exactly. Stability is your ability to limit excessive or unwanted motion. So stability is your ability to create a stiffened spine and not move it whenever you deadlift. Those two are trained differently. 
if I want to do a sit-up, I'm going to be working on moving my spine. If I'm going to do a plank or a bird dog, I'm working on stiffening my spine and moving my arms and legs, which is most movements in the gym. Yeah. So it's the idea. It's, it's, it's a totally different way of approaching. You're either looking for aesthetics or you're looking for function. And the idea is that when you work function, so many other things are going to get better. You don't need to do sit-ups to have a good squat. You exactly. need to squat well. Yeah. You need to squat to have a good squat. Exactly. You know, and yeah, people don't realize how much it actually translates to everyday life. Yeah. Like I'll be doing front squats with somebody and I'm like, when are we going to deadlift? Well, let's get your strong, like let's get your core nice and warmed up, nice and strong. And then maybe next week we'll try it out. And like, oh, I've never lifted the heavy. I was like, I trust me. Like just do what we talked about. Brace your core, tighten up. We'll get the weight up. Yeah. You know, like mastering the basics. When I teach a deadlift, I start with a dowel and then a kettlebell. Right. And then with a squat, same thing, you know, body weight. And people are always looking at me like, well, I want to lift weights. Like you will, you will, but I want to make sure that you can do everything correctly first. And it starts with these fundamentals, Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, I want to do a pull up. Okay, cool. Well, let's deadlift first. Let's do some rows and then we'll get there. I was like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like I want to be able to pull myself up. It's like, it will. Just yeah. be patient. In a month or two, we'll do a pull-up, and you're going to explode out of excitement. Exactly. I mean, it's the idea that Rome wasn't built in a night. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, whenever we're, we're talking about strength, the results that you want in the gym are always going to come much slower than you expect or much slower than you would like, we'll say. Yeah. And when we're talking about movement, we sort of envision a pyramid and each pyramid is built on a wider base and slowly building to the top. But a pyramid can only be as tall as it is wide. Yeah. So if you have a very faulty base of movement quality, you're not going to have a very tall pyramid. So everyone wants to walk into the gym and squat the big weight, deadlift the big weight. But if you can't move well first, while you may be able to move some bigger weight, it's going to be on top of a faulty foundation and eventually things are going to start falling apart and that's why we see so many people get into the gym and they get so excited because they're finally back they're moving big weight and then all of a sudden their back starts hurting yeah their knee starts hurting well it's because you were pushing weight that you had no business doing because you didn't have a good foundation of movement first and that's not sexy to tell someone because they want to be able to move the big weight they don't want to go back to the barbell they don't want to go back to the dowel or the kettlebell because that's not something that's cool you know they see the big guys over at the gym moving the big weight that's not something that's you know it feels cool to them but just understand that every single person started with the barbell No one just went straight to 500 pounds. And when you can understand that and sort of master the basics, you will get to heavier weight. And you're going to do so with a good firm foundation. And it's going to unlock more potential to go even further than what you first thought. Exactly. And like, you know, you said that everybody starts with a bar and you will eventually get to a heavier weight. But what people don't also realize is when you take a hiatus, like, Right now in quarantine, nobody's going to a gym. Well, here in Toronto anyway, right? We're in lockdown. Gyms are closed. It's been about like months now. And, you know, I went to the gym maybe two, three months ago when it was still open. And I was surprised that, oh, yeah, my base level now is 400 pounds on a bar, on a squat. I was like, this is crazy. I haven't squatted in like six months. (laughs) Like, And I always surprised myself. Yeah. And it's the muscle memory that... You know, over years of training and repetition, and it actually adds up. Now your base level, instead of being zero, now it's up here. And then every time you train, it goes higher and higher. Yeah. I mean, it's that idea of building capacity. Yeah. And that every single day, it's like a bank, and you're depositing money or you're taking out some money. And the better you train and the longer you train, the more deposits you're making. And yeah. eventually you have that muscle memory because your body, when, when you squat well uh, or just it, when you move in general, you, you sort of reinforce a certain movement pattern. Your body has a certain way of, of talking to itself when we're talking about movements. And it doesn't say, all right, I'm going to squat, quads fire, hamstrings fire, calves fire. It's, it says squat. 
because your body has this motor pattern. It's a way of neurologically programming certain complex movements into very simple ways that the body can understand and save memory space, save energy. So when you squat with weight, you reinforce that movement pattern. Either if it's a crappy movement pattern, you're making it more crappy. If it's a good movement pattern, you're solidifying that more so in your brain. So that if you have to take a hiatus and come back to it, your body remembers how to do those things. Exactly. So it allows you to sort of reaccess what you prior had. Exactly. And that's where people always get it wrong. It's like, oh, you took so lo- so much time off and you're here. I I can't even get to a bar. I was like, because you just started. You exactly. haven't built up enough deposit to, to bank on. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And it, it comes with time and it's crazy. I feel like I'm experiencing this now. Like I'm almost 30. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm experiencing old man strength coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like that's that's a real thing. Yeah. For old sure man strength. Like, I'll see, you know, older guys in the gym who look like they have no business being in the gym at all. Cranking out 225 on the bench press like it's nobody's business. I was like, how? <laughs> like, how? Exactly. <laughs> like, they've, made, they've made a lot of deposits into their bank over their lifetime. Exactly. And, you know, going back to what you were saying with a, with a squat, it's like, it's like they call it the Asian squat, right? Cause they're always yeah. seen smoking down low in a deep squat, exactly. but you also rarely see like older Asian people in wheelchairs or walkers because yeah. they spend all their time just in a squat. Yeah. They don't, I mean, one of my like, buddies uh, that co-authored my first book and my second book, um, Kevin Santana, his parents are from Laos. And he'll tell me sometimes that like he'll see his mom just sort of sitting in a deep squat preparing food, whatever they're cooking for that night. Yeah. You know, it, it's a common thing yet in our society in the, you know, the U.S., Canada, you know, the, I guess you would say uh, the more westernized societies. It, it's not as common to use the deep squat as a resting position. And I think it's one of those things like if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. You know, for a fact that 100% there, the amount of people that I've seen that are in their sixties or seventies, I say, Hey, can you get into a deep squat? And they can't even get to parallel because they've never gotten to that position. Yeah. Again, they forgot the basic fundamental movements of a squat and they only ever bent over to pick something up since the time they were 12 years old and stopped squatting to pick things up. They lost it. And exactly. my goal is to, I mean, my, that's, why I put out so much content, why I'm so passionate about this stuff is because I want people to have that capacity for a lifetime. Yeah. And, you know, the best examples is babies. Yeah. Just watching kids. They're just like, oh, this kid's in a perfect squat (laughs) and like literally perfect sitting up straight, but in a deep squat, chest high, shoulders back, head up. Yeah. And it's the idea that as, as a child, we grow and we learn these motor patterns. Mm -hmm. The squat is one of those. It's a developmental pattern that we learn when we're very young, but too often as we get older, we, we forget it. Now there's some people that'll make this argument and I hate it. And they'll say, well, a baby's totally different. Their head proportion is very different than an adult. Their, you know, bones aren't formed completely yet, but that's completely blown out of the, their arguments blown out of the water. Whenever you say, well, Go to China and watch a bus <laughs> yeah. stop and, and see exactly. some 80-year-old some man just sitting in a deep squat. Yeah, He's not a baby anymore, but yet he can do it, so your argument doesn't hold up. Things aren't maybe going to look the exact same when you're you know 10 months old yeah. versus you know 80, but the capacity to perform a full-depth squat is something we all should be able to do. Yeah, 100%. I believe that all the time, like randomly... I'll get off my couch and I'll just watch TV in a deep squat for like five, 10 minutes There you go. Yeah. and just hang out and I'll be at work and I'm like, I feel tired. Like I don't want to stand though. Yeah. But I'll just squat for a little bit, a minute just so it doesn't look weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? I work in a condo, right? Yeah. I'm in a, like I'm in my security uniform. Like I don't want to be just seen squatting. Like, <laughs> like this is weird. Like, Oh, there's that guy just squatting over there. Right. But it's, you know, at least five, 10 minutes out of your day to just yeah. be in a deep squat can be so beneficial. Right? I totally agree. Yeah. Totally and agree. You know, <laughs> that was Kelly Starrett. He's yeah. one of my mentors. Um, Kelly originally put out back years ago when YouTube was first starting, he started this thing called the mobility wide 365 yes. day 
you know, challenge. And basically he made a video every single day for 365 days on some sort of mobility movement. And the first challenge was the 10 minute squat test. And basically mm-hmm. he said, can you sit down in the squat? Now I'm not saying 10 minutes all at once, but can you sit yeah. down in the squat and just be there for 10 minutes accumulated throughout your day? Yeah. And you know, so many people, they, they can't even do that. They couldn't even sit down there for like 20 seconds. Yeah. And we, I think when you just start using a squat again as a movement before an exercise throughout your day, so many other things get better. All of a sudden, there's a little bit less achiness in the back. The right hip's not hurting as much. You're less uh, stiff getting into your workout. So you need less warm-up time to start moving better. Exactly. You know, there's so many other things. There are benefits from just moving well through your full capabilities of what your body should be able to perform. And, you know, that's such a good point, too. And this is one of the things that I like about your book the squat Bible mm-hmm. or yeah, squat Bible um, is that how you break the each chapter down with each body part starting yeah. from the feet to the head, right? Because it makes sense. As you said, you know, the ability to get in a deep squat comfortably, all of a sudden you realize, Oh, my hip doesn't hurt anymore. Or this doesn't hurt. I was like, yeah, because now the puzzle pieces are fitting correctly. Yeah. Right. And now your body is all of a sudden in sync with itself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's, it's so cool. It's the idea of, of understanding that every part of your body has a direct connection to everything yep. else. So if you have an issue with your left hip, well, maybe because of your right ankle. Well, yeah. how do you know? Let's screen it. And the idea behind the Squat Bible, my first book, was basically just to give people simple tests and measures that they can do at home to understand is this an issue? You know, you think you have ankle mobility issues, here's a test. It's called the five-inch wall test. You're going to kneel down by the ground, put your foot five inches from the wall, and see if you can touch your knee to the wall. And do it on right and left side because imbalances aren't often a big issue that lead to problematic movement patterns and pain eventually if you're especially loading it over time. So the idea is that, you know, ankles are connected to the hips, are connected to the back, yeah. are connected to the shoulders. And if you have issues in those areas, there's simple things that we can do to get more uh, aligned that whenever we're loading our body, it's going to just make for a more optimal environment, uh, less increased risk of injury, and better unlocking performance for future potential. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like, you know, you're, you're a physiotherapist, and mm-hmm. it's – I've always wanted to get into that just because I like that connection of the body. Right. Like, oh, you have a headache probably because you cranked your neck when you were asleep or maybe because it stemmed from you driving all day and your foot's just moving up and down. (laughs) Yeah. And your right foot's moving up and down and your left foot's not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it stemmed up to your knee and then to your hip. And then maybe that's why you're sleeping weird at night. Yeah. Right. It's so cool how the body's just so interconnected. Yes. Yeah. I love it. It's basically um, <laughs> like a, a it's it's like a big puzzle. That's yeah. what I like to think about it. So when people come to me with issues, and this could be injuries or movement problems, it's basically like you have to be a detective and you're uncovering and trying to fit different puzzle pieces together to a, yep. you know create a masterful design. Yeah, and again, that's what separates a good coach from just a trainer at the gym. Exactly, right? trainer at the gym. It, you know, no knock to them. I was one of them. But eventually you want to be a coach like yourself yeah. where you're actually helping people understand why instead of just making people look good, right? Yeah. Because when they understand why, you know, I always tell people, I don't want you to renew with me. I want you to eventually know enough and have an understanding of what you're doing mm-hmm. to do it yourself. Yep. Right, I was yeah. a bad trainer in that way because <laughs> I didn't want renewals. I wanted people to, you know, not need me. Yeah, I mean that's why I always tell my patients, you know, is eventually we should get to the point where when you're done, I don't want to see you back here again. I don't yeah. want you to say, "Oh, my back flared up. I'm back. My shoulder yeah. pain. It started hurting a year later." Well, it means I didn't do my job. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You know, I actually wanted to ask you why you wanted why you called yourself um, Squat University and. With your passion now, uh, like hearing it personally, I understand why. Yep. <laughs> you know? It all stems back to the squat. The most basic of all movements. Exactly. Right. Um, I have to ask you, there's been a, a big debate. Okay. Is there a, any benefits to quarter squats? 
You know what? If you look at the research, there are some articles that talk about core squats in relation to power development in the vertical jump. Um, I think we're getting very specific there. Um, I do know, for example, um, in Olympic weightlifting, some people will use a quarter front squat as a way yeah. to overload the jerk specifically because yep. it's a dip and drive. Um, so I, I think it all comes down to why are you specificity? Using specificity, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think if you're doing a quarter squat, you're probably you should be doing it as a means to an end of at high level athletic development. Yes. I think for the, but again, that doesn't mean that we don't do full depth squats. Yeah, it just means like that day you just have some quarter squats because your ultimate goal for that purpose is to maybe work on explosive dip and drive. Yeah. So then would you say instead of replacing a, um, a full depth squat with a quarter squat, you would kind of replace it with a push press, an explosive push press with a quarter squat. To develop that. Yeah. Or would you recommend more of a, like, just a quarter squat focused movement? I think it all depends on, again, what what your end goals are. So, for example, um, I had in my own programming this week on uh, Tuesday, I had a bunch of squats. um, But on Monday, the day before, um, I was doing some push press work. And then I also had a quarter front squat with a 10 second hold on top using straps to really work on my flexibility and my elbow position Okay. in relation to trying to improve my dip and drive for my jerk. Again, so, for a purpose. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm not eliminating full depth squats by any means. Um, mm-hmm. And I would never, I would never see the reason for an athlete to only train with quarter squats ever. If anything, the, yeah. the full depth or whatever depth you can do with maintaining good quality technique is going to be your fundamental baseline movement that should be in every athlete's program. Now, whether or not that's a back squat, a front squat, a zerger squat, you know, there's so many different varieties and you want to find the Mm -hmm. ones that fit best with the athlete's body and their goals. But I think on top of that, then you sort of get into specialty exercises that are going to be just a little bit more goal oriented um, in which is going to be like a quarter squat. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. Because, um, you know, everybody at the gym, you'll always see them loading up the bar and then just going just a little bit. Just yeah, a little. Those, and I guess those so are annoying. the bad. Those are the bad quarter <laughs> squats. Yeah. Uh, those, those are not the ego I, I think quarter squats. A lot of times when, when people are talking about quarter squats in the way in which they should be done, they're often done from a pin. So they're, yeah. they're done starting in a quarter position. And, and then, then driving up, there, and then yeah. maybe coming back down to the pin, and then driving up. It's yeah. not unracking heavy weight in squatting six inches. That's not a quarter squat. Yeah. The way in which it should be done for athletic performance. Yeah, I think I think those people they think is that they're actually squatting. Yeah. When it like, and I'm like, and it gets so irritated. I'm like, hey man, like I want to help you. And like, <laughs> no, nah, man, I got this. This is like 500 pounds, man. I'm doing this for reps. It's like, yeah, but you could probably be push 600 if you just did it yeah. properly and you'll look better too again that's your you got to talk about putting the ego aside because yep. when it comes to being an athlete in the gym you know we always have that ego in our ear talking about yep. well you know so and so they did three plates so i gotta do four exactly and you, you know, know i i came from that like before i was a trainer i probably quarter squatted like 100 percent um, but then I became a trainer and I was like, I'm not doing this correctly at all. Yeah. Like same with the deadlifts. I was like, this is not proper. Let me, let me scale this down and try it better. And yeah. eventually I got comfortable to a point where I can't hit parallel on a, in a powerlifting squat and a meet. I have mm-hmm. to go ass to grass all the time and I can't control that. It, that. That for me, it's harder for me to stop at parallel than mm-hmm. to go ass to grass. Yeah. Where it's opposite for most people. Well, especially most in competition. people also, they don't have the ability to go deeper than parallel than parallel without compromising their technique. You True. tell them to go lower and they don't have access to that because True. of often mobility restrictions. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. But yeah, I don't know. I was always sold to just like, you know, just get to parallel and explode up. I was like, I can't. Like, <laughs> 
Like yeah. I physically just can't. And I don't know what that is. You know, I don't know if it's my body's just used to it. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, what do, what do you one, think about the bounce? I think a bounce is often uh, done improperly, mm. uh, but can be done well. So when we talk about the squat, most of the time, the tempo should be slow and controlled yeah. down and back up. You don't want to see this violent bounce out of the bottom like you're doing a clean. Um, but for those who are doing Olympic weightlifting, where the end goal is to maximize that full range of motion and have carryover with the squat because it's an assistant exercise for the clean and jerk yeah. and the snatch, um, you can do it correctly to where you control a fast turnaround, a violent turnaround through a full range of motion. But it always comes with the uh, sort of prerequisite demands that you are not having a detriment in your technique quality. So you're not bouncing so fast that you lose stability, that you lose proper and ideal alignment of the squat. Uh, technique quality is first and foremost the most important thing whenever we're doing any type of lifting. So if your speed causes you to lose technique quality, it's too fast. Mm. I see, I see. So, you know, looking back at it now, the last time I attempted 500 pounds, I looked, I was like, too fast, and that's where you lost it. Yep. And I was like, oh, again, that was the first time I've had that kind of weight. I was like, okay, it felt comfortable, but now I see exactly what happened. I just lost control and just went all the way down. Yeah, and I where... mean, when you when you go fast, if you do a bounce and you time it correctly, you can have the potential to, to lift yeah. more weight. Yeah. But it has to be done well. And so it's I would consider that more of an advanced master level technique yeah. quality you know when you when you're talking about a beginner and for most people if you've still only been in the gym lifting for like five to seven years you're still a beginner yep uh you know you should not be attempting a bounce just yet you should be tempting quality controlled movements exactly and like i feel like i'm just getting out of that space right now like i've been lifting for over 10 years mm -hmm. but even then i'm still like i want to go back to training shoulders again and trying this out yeah. Because now I'm just understanding. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I've been a trainer, coach, and I'm like, no, I always want to keep trying, retrying the basics and redoing the movements in an even better way. And then all of a sudden I'll see better gains. My clients are moving better too. Yep. And it's like, and it's always going back to the basics and just, you know, I feel like I never want to leave the beginner phase mm -hmm. because it's like, that's where you get the most gains. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the idea of, you know, you're always having that white belt mentality. Yeah. You know? That's it. Because it's like the minute that I leave that, it's like, well, what else is there? Mm -hmm. Like now, now everything's kind of just bland and, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I got to yeah. do something else. Yeah. Always having that, that white belt mentality and trying to learn and be humble enough and to take your ego out of it. And yeah. you'll be surprised what you'll learn when you take that approach. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I wanted to ask too, you're a content creator, mm -hmm. you're a coach, you're, you know, uh, a trainer and you train yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was doing powerlifting and training, I, I started to record myself and want to get into YouTube and also, you know, provide that kind of knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden though, I kind of felt like it was, it became a chore. It became work because mm -hmm. now it's like, oh, now I can't just train. I have to think about what I'm going to record mm. for the session. Like, do you ever feel that? Um, as far as like the, the pressure of putting out content. Yeah. And also kind of, you know, turning your passion into work. Yeah, for for me, it just became more of a uh, a difficulty in scheduling, if mm. that makes sense. Um, because I'm very passionate about what I do, and my work yeah. is my passion. So it's more along the lines of like being able to draw out. Okay, from four to five, I'm going to be creating Instagram content. From seven to twelve, I'm seeing patients. From twelve to one, I'm doing my own workout. You oh, know, okay. kind of thing. So it's it's for me, it was more so just getting down a good schedule of when to do what. And then because I, I can't be creating Instagram content while seeing patients. Kind yes. of thing. You know what I'm saying? So you have to, when it came down to 
uh, creating more content and really turning things into a brand. It was more of a means of just saying, all right, well, this is what you love to do. This is what you could talk literally all day about. Let's just figure out how to schedule in time to be creative. And then here's time to do the work. Because if you're, you can't combine everything. And if I'm trying to make content while I'm also trying to work out, then I'm not giving everything to my workout and yeah. then that's going to slip. So I think for me, just having a good schedule was helpful in allowing me to put my full energy into whatever I'm doing at that time. Yeah. And it's probably also very helpful that you have the space and that your work is, as you said, just your passion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right? You can create your own schedule that way. Yeah. Um, have you ever felt a burnout? I personally don't, uh, but I'm also, I know like one of the, uh, like 1% that also has his job as his passion. Yeah. So, I mean, I go to work literally doing sports, physical therapy. People come to me that are dealing with injuries, deadlifting, you know, things like that. I enjoy doing it. Um, I, I would say I don't experience burnout. I experience uh, frustration and there's not enough hours in the day, uh, <laughs> yeah, for in sure. that, you know, if I just had five more hours, you know, I could get this much done accomplished on this day. Um, but that is the difference I think between when, when we're talking a job and a career, you yeah. know, as they always say, when you, when you have a job, you're always counting the seconds in the hour and when is it going to finish? And when you have a career, you have, uh, you're always looking to see when is there more opportunities. Uh, there's only there's never enough hours in the day, so yeah. um, I've I've been lucky enough in uh, to be able to uh, turn what I love to do uh, into my career. And it's I mean it's it's something that's taken me a long time. You know I didn't start off jump right into it like this. So it's uh it's For definitely sure. something that took a lot of hard work and uh, definitely grateful to be in a position where I'm at. So that's why I try to give back as much as possible. I mean, all my content's free and I, I try to help as many people as possible because yeah. I know there's many people that aren't as fortunate to to have those opportunities. Yeah, and that's great. Like the reason I ask that is because you put out content almost every day. Like yeah. fresh new content. I'm just like and I'm looking at it and you know, it seems like, oh, I've used an app quite like, and then all of a sudden it's like, nope, now this body's moving and now I'm inside this guy's body. Like how? <laughs> like, I, cause I've used, um, what's that? There's it's a training app, but anyway, I've used it and it trainerized or no, uh, I forget what it was, but I've used a certain app where you can draw lines on the body and yeah. you know, all of that, but then you take it to a next level where all of a sudden it becomes a 3d model of the body. <laughs> and I'm like, that's got to take some time. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, how much time does this guy have? <laughs> I, I'm very good at fitting uh, a lot into a little time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of information while, in 60 seconds. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and now you'll notice sometimes there are IGTV videos that are much longer. So they take yes. a lot longer to produce. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's all about being, uh, being able to be very tunnel vision at certain times. Yeah. I mean, I have a, gosh, I have a PlayStation three in my basement that I haven't played in years. <laughs> uh, you know, I have a guitar that sits in the side of my, in my room. I haven't played in years just because like, you know, if there's 20 minutes, uh, open, I'm using it. And, yeah. uh, you sort of have to be very tunnel vision if you're going to try to create as much content as you can. That's true. You know, that's something that I'm kind of struggling with right now and trying to, balance and work on right like i started this podcast was it two months ago three months ago mm -hmm. and i've always tried to make it a point to release an episode every week mm. if not two right yeah. but always a minimum of one episode a week and instead of you know trying to play games all the time like now nah, i gotta record or finding minutes at work because i work a security job so mm -hmm. when it's a dead time i'm in front of a computer I'm going to do my research. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to research a topic I'm going to talk about in a next episode or find out how to do certain things. So that way, when I get home, I don't have that added work to do. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's creating that balance. And then now that gyms are closed, my workouts aren't as long. So, cause it gets <laughs> boring. Like home workouts are, I don't want to say they're terrible, but they're not the same. Like, <laughs> You know, I talked about in my last episode where you feed off of energy in the gym. Like mm -hmm. they can be doing CrossFit or running on a treadmill. Everyone has an intensity yeah. and I feed off of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely uh, working out with a team or working on a gym is definitely a little bit different than working out by yourself. That's for sure. Yeah. 
Like, how is it where you're at? Like, are your are how's the lockdowns over there? So I'm in St. Louis, uh, just middle of the country, and uh, gyms are at like 25% capacity. Uh, uh, just in St. Louis County, they just shut down, re-shut down all the uh, all the restaurants, the indoors restaurants. Oh wow! So that a lot of people are angry about that, just because if the gyms are at 25% capacity, why can't the you know why can't the restaurants, the, the restaurants be? Uh, but it's just all mask mandate all the time. Yep. Um, so hopefully we'll see what happens here in the next couple of weeks, the months that the restaurants open back up, but probably be in this for a while. I know Pfizer is, uh, supposedly supposed to be coming out with their first round of vaccinations for healthcare workers at least. Yeah. Uh, but you know, hopefully by the end of December, if not early January. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, you're a small, do you work for your own, like, uh, physiotherapy clinic or uh, I work for a bigger, a bigger company called SSM health physical okay. therapy. So we're attached to, uh, it's, it's attached to a hospital. I personally work at a, a smaller location that is, uh, attached to a D one training. So okay. there is a, uh, I mean, it's a huge, like 50 yards of turf football field, wow. you know, 12 squat racks. That's like the type of setting that I'm in. So the videos that you produce, that's from that location. The videos that I produce uh, are actually from my house. Those are that's wow. my garage gym. So I do oh, a lot wow. of videoing at my at my uh, garage gym now. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, like like in terms of the lockdowns, is your gym is your facility closed? Uh, we were slow for a while. We got put down instead of forty hours a week. We got put down to about twenty eight hours per week Damn. at the start. Uh, but that was only for about six weeks. And then we got back up to our original 40 hours of work Damn. week. So I've been back. Really nothing's changed in my life for working. I mean, I still go to work 40 hours a week, do everything, squat university at the edge or on the end of time. I'm just basically not having as much of a social life, I guess you'd say. We're not yeah, really going out. I, that's, that's about it. Yeah. No social life, right? Yeah. Because for me, it's the same. Like I still work my 40 hours a week. The only difference is, yeah, no social life and no gym. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like it, I find I'm so upset at myself. I had 500 pounds in weights in a squat rack like mm. two years ago. Yeah. I sold, sold it, it off. Uh-huh, yeah. Because I moved to an apartment and I had no space for it. And I was it's like, a little tough in an apartment complex. Yeah. So, you know, now I just have a bar and yeah. it's like, it's like slapping me in the face. It's a 1500 <laughs> power uh, rated bar okay. and I have two 15 pound plates. And I'm like, oh, man. This is a tease. It's like, tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tease. And you know? I know everyone's trying to get equipment right now, so it's it's tough to tough to get Aside your own stuff from right from being marked up crazy expensive or having yeah. zero stock. Yeah, that's true. You know, scalpers are everywhere these days from PlayStation 5s to <laughs> workout equipment. That's true. That's <laughs> you true. know, it's it's crazy, man. Um what else? There was um yeah, so you also do a YouTube channel, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Started so, a YouTube channel a couple of years ago as well, trying to put out content on that. I try to do about a video a week on that. Um, so whereas I'm putting out content on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter like multiple times throughout the day, I try to do one YouTube video a week. Yeah, and on top of your podcast. Yep, try to do a podcast also once <laughs> a week. Holy so, shit, man! Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, you know, like that's. That's something that I look forward to doing too, like in the future, getting to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe making this podcast my full time gig and, yeah. you know, start going into YouTube. I want to make my podcast on YouTube too. Yeah, you know? it's a good and, idea. Yeah. And yeah, man, I don't know. It just comes down to like mental fatigue at times, especially right now, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's where it all comes down to really finding something that you're passionate about. Yeah. Because when you really find it and be real with yourself too, to be like, all right, do I love sitting behind the microphone and talking to people, you know, yeah. because if so, and then you find the topics that you like to talk about, you could do it for, you could do it for hours on end. You know, not everyone's meant to be behind the camera, you know, yeah. or in front of the camera. Uh, some people like blogging more, you know, so it's all about sort of finding what you love to do. First off, get that niche narrowed down, but then also finding, all right, what do I like to do as far as how do I speak to the world best? You know, I mean, I happen to just be someone that I enjoy writing. I enjoy, you know, being in front of the camera. I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy making videos. Uh, But I know I'm sort of a unicorn in that regards. I I know not everyone, they enjoy, you know, all parts of it. They're not necessarily a Swiss army knife. Um, And that's not a bad thing. It's all about sort of finding what you like to do best. Because at the end of the day, it's about 
sort of finding your happiness and, and doing what you love to do because life is long. Uh, so you want to be able to do things that you enjoy doing throughout the entire duration. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you're doing quite a bit, you know, you found your passion and, um, how did you go about finding your passion? Like when did you know that you wanted to do this? Yeah. I mean, I think I've just always been a weightlifting, like muscle nerd, just always enjoyed. Yeah. I saw an old video of you in a a (laughs) Olympic weightlifting competition, right? Yeah. 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 That was awesome. I I competed in (laughs) Olympic weightlifting for over a decade. Um, so yeah, you'll see some videos floating around the internet every once in a while. (laughs) Um, but just sort of always knew that in my own striving to be uh, an Olympic weightlifter, I was always coming up with my own injuries. Um, and in yeah. doing so, you know, eventually I became a physical therapist. And then I wanted to help others who were similar to where I was at. You know, so I found sort of the route of being a physical therapist for the strength athlete um, and then decided to eventually start speaking to the world. So it's just sort of a blend of all my passions. I, you know, still to this day, even though I'm not competing in weightlifting anymore, um, I still train every single day for that regard. And, you know, blending that with my love of physical therapy, you know, it just was easy to sort of things melted together, I guess. Yeah. Do you ever consider competing again? Uh, maybe one day. Uh, you know, yeah. right now it's just not a, a big priority for me. There's a lot of other ways in which I compete against myself, I guess you'll say. Okay. Yeah, yeah you have a new book coming out, right? Milo? I do, Rebuilding Milo. It's yeah, basically yeah. Uh, the lifter's guide to getting out of pain. So if you're someone mm-hmm. that likes walking into the weight room, whether you're a weightlifter, powerlifter, crossfitter, just fitness enthusiast, you like being in the weight room, you're probably going to be dealing with some aches and pains throughout your life. Oh, Back yeah. pain, hip pain, knee pain, stuff just hurts when we're pushing big weight a lot. So it's it's the idea that uh, there needs to be something out there that people can turn to as their first line of defense to help decrease these aches and pains. You know, not going to the doctor who's just going to prescribe pain medication and tell you to stop lifting yep. so heavy. Not going to the physio that's only going to do dry needling and colorful tape jobs and ultrasound. You know, yep. trying to actually get to the root cause of the problem. And it's all about movement. So, you know, chapter one's all about back pain. So one day you're in the gym, your back starts to hurt, you turn to chapter one. It says, hey, here's different reasons wow. for developing back pain. So you get a little bit of education. And it says, try these tests. And then based on what those tests find, try these exercises. And these different things are going to help get you out of pain and build that capacity so you can get back to doing what you want to do, which is lifting big weight. That's awesome. And uh, I saw you post recently that you're not a big fan of ice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> ice is just something that we're always taught to use on it. Yeah. But we don't really understand why. And really, when you look at the research, the only thing ice is good for is decreasing pain or uh, taking away. Um, sorry. There we go. Uh, the only thing it's good for is taking away pain or if you have a finger cut off it'll sever or it'll maintain that, uh, the life of the finger so they can sew it back on. <laughs> Other yeah. than that, ice is not good for you. It actually delays healing. Yeah. It so actually the whole rice slows technique down. Is, yeah. It slows down yeah. the healing process. So the whole rice, that's a horrible thing. And actually here's the deal. The guy who invented the rice acronym, Dr. Gabe Merkin back in the seventies, he actually recanted his statement no and he came out and he said uh, a couple years ago, he actually said, I was wrong. Rice is not the best treatment because ice actually slows down and delays the healing process. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So movement is key. Movement is key. Yeah. And, you know, sitting down and applying heat to it is, doesn't work as well either, right? Yeah. Heat's not better because people say, oh, well, ice is bad. Well, what about heat? Yeah. You're, again, you're missing the boat. It's are you moving well and often? Now, sure, if your knee hurts, I don't want you to do things that make it hurt, but I want you to move in a way in which you can start decreasing your pain and kickstart that healing process. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Because, you know, yeah, as you said, we're always prescribed, oh, just I put some ice in it, you know, put some, and then heat it after. Exactly. Exactly. It just hurts. Well, exactly. So (laughs) that's where the things that, you know, all the content I make on social media, that's where it talks about how to properly approach injuries. It's not addressing just the symptoms. Let's actually understand, you know, what we're getting at. We're trying to fix the root cause. That's awesome. Yeah. And again, man, I, I love the, the, the information you put out because it's, 
Thank you. Thank the you. most honest thing you can ever put out. Like it's not bullshit. Like of all the yeah, all the, the fitness Instagram people, you're one of the only ones that I recommend. And what I'm actually noticing is that all of these physio uh, pages coming up are modeling their posts after you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, pretty crazy. This is information that's already been, you know, put out there. Mm-hmm. Right. My favorite one um, is the ankle mobility with the, the band, the green band that you use. Yeah. yeah. And it's a raised platform because mm-hmm. I personally do that. Yeah. Right. Like I have pretty good ankle mobility, but I also like to just feel good and loose. Mm-hmm. So even though I have good ankle mobility, I still do that sometimes at the start of my workouts. There you and, go. You know, even shoulders, like a banded shoulder uh, routine, mm-hmm. I like to do for a leg day. And there you go. it doesn't make sense, but it's like, it just makes you feel well-rounded. Yeah, definitely. You know, like you don't have to do a full body warm-up like I do, but me, it feels good. Yeah, right? definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's all about finding the things that you want to do to help you feel and move better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, man, thank you again uh, for, you know, joining me and humbling my little podcast and, you know, my little audience over here. And uh, yeah, man, I hope to have you on again sometime in the future. We'll definitely do it for sure. Thank you yeah, for man. having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. It's my pleasure, man. Thank you. And uh, once again, uh, if you want to shout out your plugs, you know, your books and um, your Instagram page. Yeah. So just, you know, if you're looking uh, to to follow Squaw University, just across every single social media platform, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, my own podcast, Squaw University. And then I got the new book coming out soon called Rebuilding Milo, which is available um, on Amazon.com, Amazon Canada, um, all across the world and um, bookdepository.com as well. Uh, Pre-order it now and it comes out on January 19th. Looking forward to it, man. I'm definitely going to get that book for myself because appreciate it you know getting older i'm waking up with random pains and uh, (laughs) i want to fix it it'll help with that for sure yeah all right and i'm gonna link your book down in the description and um share with the world i appreciate it thank you so much all right thank you for joining me and uh stay safe man have a good night and yeah i'll talk to you soon sounds good man all right thank you yeah bye all right all right people i hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcasting couch and uh, I hope you guys get, you know, some valuable knowledge uh, from this episode and from Dr. Horshig. Um, yeah, you guys, have you guys realized something about me? I don't know how to address people. <laughs> I don't know how to address people that have titles. You know what I'm saying? Like people that have a title, I, I don't know how to address, right? Like if, I feel weird calling somebody doctor something like even though they earned it and they deserve it. It just feels weird to me. But, you know, Dr. Aaron, he's fucking dope, man. I, I, I learned so much from him. And if there's a takeaway from this, guys, follow his Instagram page, okay? It'll be the best thing you could possibly do. And as I mentioned, as he mentioned, whether you're an athlete of the elite caliber, a personal trainer or coach, you know, working with clients or the average Joe. Read the squat Bible. Okay. I'm telling you right now, read it. It'll change your life. All right. It'll change the way you coach. It'll change the way you view training. Okay. Um, everything's going to be linked down below his Instagram page linked down below. And yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoy a good night and, uh, I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Oh, As I mentioned last time, the next couple of people will be fitness related in a way, I think. No, there will be some fitness related people here. Um, One more for fitness related people person. And uh, yeah, you know, we're going to we're going to mash things up. Right. We're going to start blending things where it's mental health and physical health. And all of a sudden they combine to become your well-being right because that's what this is you know that's what this is all right your mental health dictates your physical health and vice versa if you feel good you're gonna think good and you're just gonna do good right then you're gonna look good 
and then you're gonna not rob banks and kill people and go to jail and smoke cigarettes and judge people <laughs> you know I, I don't know i'm tired guys okay i hope you enjoy this episode i'll catch you guys in the next episode i keep saying episode are you guys tired of me hearing the word episode saying the word episode 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 i'll catch you guys in the next one peace <laughs>